dude? Pretty swell. I had a weekend of respite, and it was really nice, except I made so much bread. I made so much bread. I made so much bread, and that was exhausting. Well, it was a beautiful focaccia, which I've never pronounced it that way. I just say focaccia, and I know that's focaccia. It's delicious, man. It really just tasted like an oily, herby, crispy pizza crust. Ooh, delicious. Mm -hmm. How are you doing? Right now, I'm battling my just instinct to be an old woman and not know how a computer works. There we go. I have had a wonderful week. It's been a trip. Don't. It's been. It's been. Heard it. Doesn't count if I heard it first. I love how you threw up you threw up the bird on both hands after that. And why is is one of your uh wrists in a in a brace? Nah, it's fucking tendonitis, man. I'm so over it. Uh, there's nothing cooler than throwing up the bird when your hands like in a cast. When you got a bound up wrist. Yeah, I know. You look like a fuck. I feel like an old woman. I've had tendonitis in my left wrist since I was like 17, and about three times a year, it flares up, and for about two straight weeks, it's just like a gnarled Mm -hmm. waste of a hand, and uh, we're in that right now, and that's where we are, and I hate it. I can't do anything that I like to do. If it makes you feel any better, it looks far more like you're taped up like a fighter than um, than a withering hand, so there's that. Oh, I have had a lovely week. I've um, I've issued a couple of challenges to myself this week, and, and, it, oh. and it feels good. Go ahead, ask about them. <laughs> Darling, please tell me about the challenges that you set up for yourself this week. <laughs> well, gee, thank you for asking, Macy. Completely unprompted. So, no, I wanted to I wanted to talk about them because one one of them is directly up right up into your alley. I've uh oh. I've been on a move your body more. Oh. oh. I've been on a Great. move your body more kind of thing. Uh not for any particular like oh weight loss kind of thing. It's just like move more, feel better. Uh mm-hmm. also it's a little bit for the old the old mental health. Um, oh yeah, I was talking with my counselor, and she was talking to me about the benefits of keeping a um, a movement re- re- regime. Long story short, after I did some uh, cardio stuff, some body weight stuff, I did a little bit of yoga, and I wanted to. Talk oh, to you. very nice, great. I've always said, a- like, and I've said it forever, like exercise. I just call it, it's free drugs. That's always what I've called it. It's free drugs. You get. Some boost of happy brain drugs. And to me, that's where it shines. And I do notice when I don't do it that I I don't have my brain drugs and I don't feel as good. I've definitely felt better over the past week. It's it's helped me put together a routine. I'm not the most, we've talked about it before. I'm not the most routine driven person. I like to schedule things, but I'm not the most day-to-day routine person. It makes me feel boxed in and itchy. Um, <laughs> See, but that's it's, so it's, funny because if I schedule helped. anything, I feel boxed in. 
See, yeah, I remember we're, we're opposite like that. I like to schedule, you know, okay, this day is for this, this day is for that. But I've tried the, okay, I'm going to wake up at 6 to 7 a.m. and I'm going to work out and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do, like, putting that kind of oh, your dated yeah. oh, routine okay, in a schedule, it freaks me out. Yeah. Uh, and then if you miss the first one, it, well, me anyway, I feel like I've screwed the whole day up. And then I'm like, well, I guess I'll sit on the couch and watch a bunch of Netflix and try again tomorrow. It has been helpful to get my routine in, in order. And I specifically looked up yoga poses for beginners for lower back pain. And um, hey, I feel great. I feel wonderful. My back is not hurting nearly as much as it was. However, weird side effect of yoga. You got to tell me if you've experienced this. I have a carpet burn on my forehead. I uh, haven't because I use a mat. (laughs) (laughs) I used my rug uh, because I don't have a mat because I'm not like a yogurt person. But I did some stupid child's pose and didn't realize that if you're not really used to how to do it, your forehead's going to scoot along the floor. (laughs) And when you're using the carpet, you're going to get a carpet room. I would have paid money to watch that from another person's perspective. Dude, Me it was too. so goofy. I'm kind of using it as a way to put off house chores, though. And um, I feel like you know it's bad when you're... I don't want to clean, so I'm going to do some exercise. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to get that figured out. <laughs> well, listen, shut your face, because you're going to do a Mad Lib. I'm shutting the hell up. You tell me. Do I get to... Do I have options, or have we run out of the yes. end of the book yet? Not yet. We never will, I feel like, ever. This book of Mad Libs is like an SCP. It just consistently, it just regenerates new stories for itself. Doesn't stop. So we have fairy sightings on the rise. Mythical monsters in history. Oh, and I like the sound of that. lake monsters of North America. <laughs> Was that your... <laughs> North American accent. Yeah. Hit me with that uh, Monsters monsters Through History. Whatever that one was. Let's do yes, that. Yes. Yes. Hit me with a noun. <sighs> now, I saw a call over on the Facebook coven to incorporate a little bit of the, of the beak into these episodes. Mm-hmm. A little of the old Mrs. Cornelius Beekman. So I'm going to try... I'm going to try to... Um, do that. So I'm going to go with gloved hand. Oh, part of the body. Have we talked about parts of the body? I don't think we have because that would be vulgar to talk about parts yeah, of the body. Yeah, I mean, only in talking about grabbing people's, like when to grab someone's arm or brushing against a woman on a stairwell. Only things like that. <laughs> only things that happen clearly in the day to day. Okay, well then I will try to modify it and I'll say uh, an ass within one of those giant hoopty skirts of the time period. Although I think Cornelius Beekman uh, wrote this masterpiece in the 30s, so I don't know why I'm going with a straight Victorian <laughs> butt roll kind of dress, but let's do it. Okay, look, it's not verbatim, but it's close enough. We're creating our own reality. Plural animals. Carriage horses. Excellent. You know, all those... Carriages people were still using in the 30s. In the in the 30s, absolutely. Rampant carriages. Almost now. 40s, I think, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, at the theater. 
part of the body. Have you heard that new Cardi B song called WAP? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the new Cardi B song called Wet Ass Pussy, which if you haven't, you, sh- you should. <laughs> no, that, oh, WAP, that is duh. what I'm talking yes, about. Then yes, then yes, I have. WAP, yeah. let's do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go with WAP. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Noun. Oh my god, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, person I'm not able to hand, I can't. It's too good. <laughs> I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. Okay, a noun. How about a um, a smoldering cigarette? No, what did she call it? A dying cigarette. A dying cigarette. Oh my god. Adjective. Conspicuous. <laughs> I haven't spelled a single word right. Adjective again. <laughs> Comely. Verb ending in ing. Definitely not tipping. That's for sure. Definitely not. Definitely not tipping. Aren't you not? You're never supposed to tip your hat. But I, but that's my answer. Oh. I'm gonna go tipping. You can tip your hat. You're supposed to tip your hat. You're no, never, never tip your hat. To... You lift your hat. See, I thought you never lift your hat. You tip your hat. I thought it wasn't to tip your hat because it like we were. T- because it's not like the milady thing, right? You know what? I know who fucking knows. Hold on. Does Miss Cornelius Beekman knows? Get I that should, book it, out. Get that reference textbook. I think I remember where it is. All right, I found it. Okay, one more thing to point. We should say that a man takes off his hat or lifts his hat, as the case may be. We should not say that he tips his hat, for this word used in this sense should be avoided. Doesn't say why, but you're right. It should be avoided. Oh. Wait, hold on. And we're both kind of, I mean, it doesn't exactly say the act itself should be avoided. It says you should the never word. say it. Huh. Yeah, lifting is the same thing as tipping, but the word tipping, I guess, is yeah. lowbrow, according to Mrs. Cornelius Beekman. I don't, I don't know anymore. I don't know what she means. A lot ever. of shit is lowbrow. <laughs> Noun. Uh, a dangerous car ride. A person in the room. Is that a noun? Female. That might not be a noun. I think it's a noun. Mm-hmm. Scabdos. I need you to know that I wrote that bigger and prettier than any of the other words that I've written on this page. Chef kiss. <laughs> Animal. Anyone who eats chocolate in a movie theater. It's an animal. They're animals. I don't know what you're saying. Don't look at me like that. Okay, Atticus Jackson. I don't know what you're saying. They're they're animals. Don't look at me like that. (laughs) (laughs) Ow. (laughs) Noun. When you said Atticus Jackson, my brain immediately went to like Atticus from To Kill a Mockingbird. And I was so confused. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Did you say noun? Yes. Skip to the next one. Come back to noun. Come back to noun. Come back to noun. I can't do I can't do it. Type of liquid. Clark, give me a type of liquid. Old milk. Thanks, dude. You cheated, but I'll take it. Noun. Oh, are we coming back to noun? Or are there two more nouns that I have to come up with? This is the last noun. No more nouns. This is more of a proper noun, but how about Mrs. Cornelius Beekman herself? And if not, if that doesn't work, how about just a copy of Etiquette Up to Date by Mrs. Cornelius Beekman? That's what, let's change it to, let's do that one. Adverb. 
Hornily. Plural noun. Oh, I, f- I was wrong. You did have another noun. <laughs> Sorry. You fucking bitch. <laughs> mayonnaise sandwiches. That's what they ate then, right? They just had shit with mayonnaise and gelatin all over it. I, I feel like, yeah, it were just mayonnaise flavored jello. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Stacks of ham with mayonnaise in between it with some olives for a dash of color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some good olive loaf. You know, if you were feeling real fancy. Oh, look. <laughs> Listen. I'll I love olive, some olive loaf. Oh, yeah. I fucking love olive loaf. I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> and last, but certainly not least, a number. The entirety of pie. That's heavy. Mm. All right. Are you ready for this? No. Medusa was oh. a gloved hand. With a hideous ass and one of those giant hoop skirts. <laughs> and one of those hoop skirts and venomous carriage horses for hair. According to theater mythology, looking into Medusa's wet ass pussy could turn you into a dying cigarette. <laughs> According to theater mythology, looking into Medusa's wet ass pussy could turn you into a dying cigarette. <laughs> looking okay, into it. A lot of looking into it. Looking direct right into it. Ew. Right in that whispering eye, man. Oh. oh no. So this next one is Arachne. Arachne was born a conspicuous human woman with nothing extra comely about her. (laughs) Wow. Aside from her talent for tipping, after winning a dangerous car ride against the goddess Scabtoes, I lost, apparently, Arachne was turned in. Got your ass kicked. (laughs) Yeah, goddammit. Uh, I like her. I'm a goddess, though. Arachne was turned into anyone who eats chocolate in a movie theater. (laughs) Okay. The Loch Ness etiquette up to date by Mrs. Cornelius Beekman was a famous old milk beast. (laughs) Oh, I kind of like an old milk beast. That's a good... uh, Old milk beast. That's some good... um, She was an old milk beast. Uh, An old milk beast living in a Scottish lake, Nessie, as the creature has been hornily nicknamed, supposedly appeared on Satellite Mayonnaise Sandwich as recently as the entirety of Pi years ago. (laughs) My favorite part is Satellite Mayonnaise Sandwich. I know. I know. I I love nothing more than the fact that someone actually launched, actually spent millions of dollars to build and launch a satellite into space and proceed to name it Manny's Sandwich. (laughs) That sounds like some shit we would do. Like, if we were ever approached, like, you guys, you get to name the next satellite, we'd be like, Manny's fucking Sandwich. Without even thinking, Manny's Sandwich. In all sincerity. Oh, that was beautiful. 
Thank you for that. That was a treat. Macy, Scabtoes, you were born a conspicuous woman with nothing extra comely about you. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> what an insult. I was going to say, that's also a pretty sweet burn. Yeah. Yeah. Worded not, in a very Mrs. Cornelius beekman way. Honestly, a major slap. Exactly. Except for her. It, it would also have like 13 other ways you could say it. Or you could say it with your mouth tilted to one side. Or you could say it on a Wednesday afternoon. It's just, just go on forever. You know what? I'm not going to do much, but I'm just going to open this book in a random page and read a paragraph. I'm going to just flip the book around. I'm going to open it to a page. Oh, she's shuffling, she's All right. shuffling the book. All right. Hey, this is like bibliomancy at its finest right here. This is a message we all need. This is a section on how to write letters. Use no abbreviations mm. on the envelope, except for Mr. and Mrs. And if you use them, Monsieur and Esquire. <laughs> One argument against using abbreviations is that they often cause delays and trouble in delivery. This is especially true in the names of states, for example, in distinguishing between careless writing of Ariz, A-R-I-Z, and Ark, A-R-K, N-Y and N-J, T-E-N-N, Tennessee, and huh. T-E-X, because you can easily mix those up. Another argument against using abbreviations is that they indicate haste or carelessness. And this is, this is particularly great because we all do this and they actually get mad at you now if you don't. Another argument against using abbreviations is they hmm. indicate haste or carelessness. This is seen when you abbreviate the names Joss for James, I guess, Charles, or use the abbreviations for street, avenue, or road. Hmm. Which is what everyone does. You have to do that. I mean... Interesting how things change. This is an invitation that a young man would write wanting to invite a young girl to a party. Oh, wait, sorry. Saucy. This is an invitation to a young man that a young girl would want to invite <gasps> to go with her to a party. My apologies. Scandalous. Oh, God damn it! She writes so weird. I've done this wrong again. This is far more strange. Invitation to a young man suggesting that he invite a girl to the party. So the hostess of the party is inviting a man to invite a girl to said party. <sighs> Why? Why Cornelius Beekman at her finest? In the language, need to be flip flopped fourteen times before you can take its meaning. Christ, dear Joe. I would like so much to have you come to a party that I am giving at my house on Friday, the 1st of February, at 8 o'clock. Hmm. Here are my coordinates. <laughs> <laughs> Mother and I would be pleased to welcome you to our home, and I hope you can come. Also, if it meets with your approval, I'd like to have you invite a girl to come with you. If you will send me her name and address, I'll send her an invitation to second yours. Friendly greetings, and I hope for a yes. I'd love to come. Signed, sin er, sincerely, Emily. I've got questions, okay? So, if you want to invite somebody... So, first of all, I, I guess this is a nice way of saying 
come to my party and you get a plus one. However, you have to tell her who you want to bring so then she can then send another invitation to this secondary person. Also, that is a lot of pressure for like somebody. Bring a date. Suddenly just be able to bring a date. That's that's a Mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. And if you say Mm. no, that you don't want to bring a date, are you rude? Yeah, are you rude or or do they just think you're one of those, you know... A spinster, but the male equivalent? Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of the word, like a... The opposite I don't know. Not not a rake, quite. No one seems to shit on men for not getting married at 18. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Putting things together. (laughs) Huh. Well... Shit, that's something else I've never thought about. What are we talking about today? I'm talking to you today about Hawthorne trees. Hawthorne Heights. That's all. Dude, I'm, I'm not going to fucking lie to you. When I was taking notes, I I, I was listening to Hawthorne Heights. <laughs> <laughs> I put on their, um, oh, fuck it. What's that? album called it's like i wish you were alone or i wish you were alone as me i don't know what it's called but Um, it's the one with the say goodbye this time the same old story it's uh, what everyone's saying sorry was on (laughs) uh i i don't think it's possible to be within our age range and hear the word and not associate it with that geez it's okay but the tree much um more wise and um <laughs> uh, all around a bigger deal <laughs> mm, mm, a little more permanent as far as uh, mm-hmm. the state of the world okay but sure. you know let me tell you something hawthorne heights apparently is still making music saw it on spotify today cool more power right. to him i was pleased to I'm see it. it i'm with it i'm happy for it uh however i just don't think they're gonna quite live up to the longevity of a of a entire species of tree yeah well and to be completely honest i got on their spotify and scrolled immediately down to like 2008 like there was new shit and i was like Woo, going down there and it was not exactly as i remembered yet. it but worse oh. speaking of let me tell you about something that's um how you remember it but worse okay charlie oh huh. no so, you break my heart no i mean it's not surprising, but I don't know if you know, right? So, and you might have read it back in the day. I did, but it was when I was in the thick of it and I'd forgotten about it. So Midnight Sun finally came out, right? Are you aware of that? Edward's perspective of Twilight. Perspective! That's... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was uh, thrown off because I remember, I think I had read something about that here recently that it finally happened. And I was like, I talked with Macy about this a million a million yeah. years she ago, canceled so I, had, the project. I was confused. That's yeah. right. So people leaked it and she took her toys like and went that. home or something. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, let me tell you, Charlie. Dude. <laughs> the first 70 pages, give or take maybe 50 to 70, are on Google Books. Like you can read the first mm. 70 pages. Charlie, I read them. And I was just screenshotting them and sending them to Lyra. Just one right after no. the other. It is the most... You won't, you know, we don't have to put this, we don't have to put this in here. I don't know if we can, she might sue us. She probably will. But I just want to read you this real quick, okay? (laughs) I need you to hear this. And I need you to understand. We'll just, 
We'll cut from right here directly to the reaction and talking about it because I'm not trying to get. Yes, this is okay. So he's interviewing. He's talking to Bella for like the first time. She's in his car and she's talking about her mom. So just setting the scene for you here. Okay, they're in the car and they're talking, and he's like finally able to like handle her scent without ripping her fucking jaw off. So (laughs) here we go. So (laughs) her jaw. Is it true? That Edward Cullen ripped off her jaw? (laughs) So here's Bella talking about her mom. Oh, God. Was not far off. Get ready, dude. He is the most horrible, disgusting, just arrogant, horrible character. Okay. Edward is insufferable. He's insufferable. And he could not be more toxic. I don't, I don't know if this is him as a character or if it's her honestly pretty fucking lazy writing style. Horrible writing, dude. Why is writing? Why? It's awful. It is amateur in every way. Everything is said slowly. Also, did we need to talk about her, her fucking furrowed brow like four different times? And but he was forming a hypothesis. Can we talk about uh, and the and the many uses of hypothesis and the fact that he like sees the fact that she doesn't put her needs high on her list as like a positive thing. He's like, oh, finally, someone who doesn't think of themselves like well, and that it's that rare. Like, I mean, like seriously, by and by all rights, she's average as fuck. She is a bland ass character I mean, always has been always will be sh- quit acting like she's that unique only because you can't hear her fucking thoughts big deal man like yeah i think that was the the entirety of the allure to her, to bella i'm officially read those first theater. pages also okay, stop no Do it. i'm going to it's gonna I'm hurt gonna you my guts book is what I'm were do. in my lungs also I, it was hard to listen you do that i feel like i'm gonna like there's so much pressure in my actual core right now i feel like i'm gonna bomb and if you go to tiktok dude there are so many tiktoks of people who like rereading twilight and taking little they're acting out scenes or they're taking out like the lady who read it and she pointed out how many times he chuckled he chuckled at this and he said this with a chuckle and after he chuckled he did this it's so it's so bad. And I think that's okay to be like, listen, I was into this book, but I was like, you know, 17. Like, I was allowed to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but I want to die. <laughs> I don't think you. I ever asked I you what you were that. talking about. I think I just rolled on into, I shared my pain with you. And I loved it. I'm talking about bats. Bats within witchcraft. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was that was that just really hit me. The delivery. I'll be talking about uh, bats. <laughs> I didn't know how to be evasive of some stupid bat slash vampire tie-in, and now I feel like I've picked this topic simply for twilighty reasons. And I again, I would like to die. I feel like you picked it to celebrate the release of Midnight Sun. I did. You, you've sh- you've shaken me. <clears throat> you've shaken my confidence to roll into my topic. Keep that in mind as I push forward. I'm talking 
about bats in, in witchcraft. Okay, so specifically here, we're talking about bat energy working with bats and the symbolism of bats. A quick note, I am not talking about bats as a spirit animal, okay? It is a holy and separate thing. That's not where we're going. I am talking about the symbolism of these animals and the energy that they carry to remind us, the energy that they carry and use to remind us of what is within ourselves. And something I saw recommended on the coven that I quite enjoyed was to employ the use of the term Patronus here. So we're going to carry forth with that. Yeah, instead of spirit animal, uh, which Um, is a bit more culturally based. Yes, yes. And I would really be interested in talking to somebody about it because, you know, that's one of those things that people are kind of raised to say a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. When it is... You just hear it. Everybody, you know, it's a casually uh, said, thrown around thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, and particularly... When it is taken to a level of, and I, again, with most things, I don't think people are intentionally being disrespectful. However, I imagine it is even uh, just a little extra kick when somebody does it about an inanimate object. You know, you hear people be like, oh, Starbucks is my spirit animal. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Patronus, uh, mine's a, mine's a goshawk, by the way. Do you, do you know yours? Oh, my Harry Potter Patronus? Yes. Man, you know, I don't remember, to be completely honest. I took it a good long time ago. I took it the same day that I found out what my house was. So that lets you know how long ago that was. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember (laughs) what it was. I actually had to go and re-log in. I had to do the forgot my password and everything just to get this information. (laughs) So uh, mine's a goshawk, which is... What I guess most people, uh, just when you say hawk, that's typically what it refers to. Bats are the guardians of the night and extremely family-centered. They watch out for each other. They even get super cuddly with each other, a side yeah. that we don't get to see that much. Very, very touchy-feely, social, and quite sweet Especially on those like videos you see going around where they look like puppies. They look like actual little puppies with their big fucking puppy dog eyes. Yeah, yeah, the big fruit bats and whatnot. Like they, they just look like flying mm. puppies. Sweeties, little sweeties. They use echolocation in hunting as well as a form of communication. However, bats are not blind. Uh, and in fact, have quite excellent eyesight. So that's something that is um, really, really misunderstood about bats that they can't see. So therefore, they've developed this echolocation to hunt and things with. Their eyes work perfectly fine. Vipsanius Agrippa, he once wrote about the bat being revered by the god Saturn. And their blood could apparently be used to uh, evoke spirits. So... Oh, there you go. It lives in uh, Bat's Blood ink. If you ever write in any kind of magical inks, usually it's not actual Bat's Blood. That's not something we condone. So some associations with bats, depending on what era that you're looking at and through what religious lens you are viewing them, the associations of the bat have changed over time. We're still sort of on the tail end of of bats being these... um, They're used for scary or negative imagery a lot of the times. Uh, They have a little bit of a bad rap. This is why the bat is a symbol of the misunderstood. 
More traditionally, bats represent perception backed up by their association with clairvoyance. They're big with clairvoyance works, uh, clairvoyance work, clairaudience in particular, communication, nighttime, uh, and all that comes with nighttime and everything associated with it, such as dreams, illusion, rebirth. They're a symbol of good luck, as well as things linked to flying, like journeys, intuition, and uh, quickness. They do have a little bit of a spooky side, and it's it's not the same way that we view... <sighs> Here, I'll just say, they're, they're, so, they're a symbol, they're associated with death. And I hesitant, uh, I'm hesitant about calling that spooky, because with the bat, as, as well as in tarot and a lot of other things that are associated with death, it's not the scary, tragic, sort of permanent thing that we think of when we think mm-hmm. of death. It's most often the sign of the end. It's the death of something uh, that can be the end of an era, a job, a relationship. It could even be a particular chapter in your own life that is ending. So... It's to me kind of a, an exciting and motivating thing. Whenever anything's associated with death, it has been twisted and shaped to be this negative thing, to be this scary thing. But uh, in reality, it's all about starting over and freshness. And it's, it's quite positive to me. From healingcrystals.com, they say uh, to connect with bat, the bat, inter- the bat energy. I never know if I should say the bat or bat, so I'm just going to say with the Batman. You need to use. That's all I can think when you put the in front of it is the Batman. Well, that's what I'm going to say for the whole episode. If you want to talk to the Batman and use some crystals, you can use snowflake obsidian, cherite, and prenite, P-R-E-H-N-I-T-E. I'm not quite sure what that is. I don't know how to say that either. I've seen it before, too. What does it mean? What does it all mean if you feel like you're getting messages from the Batman? Maybe you're seeing them every night more than usual. Maybe their likeness keeps popping up. Uh, maybe Dwight trapped one in a bag over your head and then you had to go get rabies treatment. What could the universe be telling you? Sending in these little, these little couriers, what message are they trying to deliver to you? Well, Let's start with the unfav- uh, the kind of unsavory side of this and get that out of the way. Bats could signify that you have, uh, you've read someone wrong. You've made an unwise decision in their character. You could be missing your loved ones or feeling stuck in a situation that you wish you could get out of. Maybe you've been uh, a bit selfish lately. Uh, and yes, the end of things could be upon you, but mentioned before, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. I don't want to dismiss the negative part of it because sometimes the ending of something, it, it sometimes it is a bad thing. But uh, usually your gut will speak up here. Try to listen to it and try to listen to it before your brain gets a hold of it and starts overthinking things. In happier news, the bat also brings messages of good Major changes could be coming. That combined with them being a sign of prosperity is appealing to me. Anytime you're like change and prosperity, I'm like, I'm going to win the lottery. It could signify that you need to sharpen your senses. What it means by that is really indulging in each of your senses in a different way. Here, your uh, metaphysical abilities count as a sixth sense. 
The Batman could be reminding you to listen. That's in words, people, and their actions. And that to me goes back to the, their eyes work fine, but they also use the echolocation kind of Mm -hmm. thing. More on that later. They remind us to spend time with our loved ones, those who nurture us and truly care for us, uh, and that it's okay to need to be taken care of by your family. Here, we're talking about family of choice, not necessarily the family you were born into. Uh, This can be friends, people you're close with. Uh, let's just say that this means a FaceTime call or just a phone call. Keep, please, everybody, keep social distancing. One of the more lovely notes that the Batman wants to pass on to you is a reminder that you are an exceptionally perceptive person and that you are more capable than you give yourself credit for being. That was my Batman voice. Uh, bats can also signal the... <laughs> I want to know about rabbits and bears. Stupid fucking stupid Batman. Bats can also signal that spirits are around. They can be indicative that you're surrounded by ghosties. And lastly, on this in this thread, if a bat gets into your house, it's not all bad. It's a sign that big personal changes are coming, mostly in how you view the world. It's not but, all bat. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> so when do you want to work with the Batman? You can call on the energy of, of Bat or just sort of take from the lessons that are to be learned. How can we how can we do this? So perhaps the most obvious and wide-reaching way that you could work with bats is when you are looking to increase your perception. This can mean looking for the truth in people, situations, uh, even the truth that you might be hiding from yourself. When you want to see through illusions, basically. It can also be helpful if you suspect someone may be attempting to use something like a glamour and you want to cut through that shit, see the truth. So it can basically help you interpret things better and get the real meaning in someone's words. In addition to seeing the truth in people and situations, even yourself, it can be helpful to adapt that bat energy when you wish to strengthen your magical perception. So this can be a time to develop your your gifts of mediumship or other abilities. If you need to be adaptive in situations or prepared to respond to changes in your environment, uh, sort of be ready to accept those curveballs that might be thrown at you, this is a time to work with the bat. She keeps you super aware of your surroundings and sort of ready to turn and change on a dime. This even works in conversations. So if debate is looming or a situation where you really want your your side of something to be heard, but you know who you're going to be talking to is a little squirrely, uh, you can, it's a good, it's a good, excellent energy to work with the bat. Another way you can work with this is uh, in a familial nature. The warmth and care that comes to you from those that you love, uh, anytime that you need to take a a nurturing approach to something, maybe like a touchy feeliness, but not like in a romantic sense, the bat comes in here. Now, if you have been dreaming of bats lately, seeing bats in your dreams or seeing things that could be uh, representative of bats, apparently whenever you see sports equipment or uh, particularly sports equipment flying through the air, that's supposed to be a symbol of the bat, which was strange and interesting to me. 
The website antiflow.com has this to say. There will be a link to this down in the description because it's a very interesting read about bats within dreams and finding out a little bit more what that means. It's a quick read uh, and it's super, super interesting. So I just took a little bit from this here. A bat in your dream can have a double double representation, depending on the way it's presented. It can be an animal or it can even be, okay, right here, a sports bat. These dreams have two different meanings. Flying bats are associated with darkness, nighttime, and the sports bat is associated with a good omen. Oh, the message of this dream is to face difficulties you are encountering in your waking life. The popular belief is that bats are generally frightening and associated with vampires. Based on this belief, any thoughts within your unconscious mind may reveal themselves in the in the near future. A flying bat in a dream can foretell annoyance or sorrow. Dreaming of a flying bat could be a bad omen and some sadness or depression is ahead. If you catch the bat in your dreams, it is a good sign that you may get that you may get rid of an enemy very soon. <laughs> to throw a wrap up on the Batman, we can learn a lot from the bat, especially in times that we do feel misunderstood are viewed as spooky, scary creatures. But in reality, when they're not being viewed, when they're hunting, which is admittedly a very quick sort of spooky thing to watch if you've never seen bats go after bugs, um, they're fast. They're fast and they're, it's unlike, it's unlike watching birds go for things. It's Yeah, they have a very unique flight Uh, that you can spot. Yes. And they can feel scary because there's also a lot of things around. It's like, do they have rabies? Are they going to come bite me? They're just generally very misunderstood. But when they're not being viewed as very, you know, by us, which can seem very quick and and deadly, they're chilling out in their house and they're resting, being extremely, extremely social with each other and snuggling and being warm and loving and cuddling up to each other and just the sweetest little things. Uh, so they've got big appearances can be deceiving energy. Mm. We also learned that we can use more than just one or two of our senses to get to the bottom of things. Like I said earlier, their eyes work perfectly. They use them in hunting, contrary to popular belief, but they also have developed a keen, that keen echolocation, uh, and it never hurts to double down on trusting your own perceptions. Through the bat, we also learn of the importance of caring, um, not caring, we also learn the importance of caring for yourself, your loved ones, and honestly, and I really, really, really liked this last bit, knowing that it is okay to escape to your place of ra- uh, to escape oh, to your place of rest and sanctuary when you need to. Knowing that it's okay to escape to your place of rabies when you need to. <laughs> but that's uh that's what I've got on the bat. I loved it. It's a sweet little little guy. They're sweet little jerks, and I still don't want one like to fly at me. But well, and, um, like, yeah, that's how I feel. I the, love them. I think they're absolutely precious. I think they're adorable. I, if I, if they're flying outside, I'll go outside. But I'm not picking one up. They will bite your fucking finger like there's no tomorrow. And then you got to get yeah. a million weeks yeah. worth of rabies shots. Yeah. So uh, be careful. We're not suggesting to go out and get cuddly with a bat. That's another part of the energy I was um, seeing here that although they 
they avoid people when they need to, even being aggressive with people if they feel like they are in danger. Like May said, they'll bite your dick if you try to pick them up. <laughs> They're very sociable and nice and cuddly and stuff, but within their, like, with other bats. Take that energy on. Take it, though, with other human beings. <laughs> right. <laughs> Macy, there's something very important I need to talk to you about. Talk I've been, I've had an now. obsession recently. I think you know where I'm going with this. I'm talking about the perfection that is the jewelry witch. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it. We want to tell you a little bit. We have some news to share from the Jewelry Witch today. Kat owns the company Jewelry Witch. She rehomes vintage jewelry. She says that pairing folks with magical trinkets that they can then transform into spellbinding talismans is her gift. She says, I am also a Leo. And like many Leos, she is having a quarantine birthday, as you had to do in your Leo season. You had a quarantine birthday. And in the spirit of self-celebration. Sure She's giving away three magical boxes yeah. of witchy goodies designed around some powerful bling. I'm so excited by this. I'm also very, this is one of those situations that I'm real mad we don't get to enter. So if you <laughs> out there do get to enter, I suggest that you do. <laughs> I suggest that you do. And here is how you can enter this magical giveaway. Okay. Check out Jewelry Witch on Instagram. That is at jewelry.witch and give her a follow. You can then tag a friend in any of the giveaway posts that are made from this point through August 21st. One tag equals one entry, and you can enter as many flippin' times as you would like. Keep an eye on the feed for the results. Winners will be announced the weekend of August 21st. First. And as a special gift to the bean, she is offering, listen, 20% off. The 20% off code through August 23rd with the promo code, all caps, one word, Leo Witch. But any day of the year you want, you can close your eyes and point at a calendar. Doesn't matter. Any day of the year, you can get 10% off with promo code, all caps, Witch, with free shipping in the United States and layaway, which let's not discount the magic of layaway. Can we talk about, listen, Macy, can we talk about the layaway? Okay. I have become recently aware that the youngsters may actually not know what that means. So I want to break it down a little bit for you. Okay. You see something that you, you, we've all had the experience. You see something that you love, you fall in love with it. Can't necessarily, like you can't quite pay for it all right then. Uh huh. (laughs) And you're, I'll get a next paycheck that rolls around. Somebody snagged it out from under you. And you are pissed, right? That's happened. Layaway is where you can basically stake your claim. You say, that's mine, claiming it. And you make payments out. So check her out. There's no excuse to not try out a piece of vintage jewelry from the Jewelry Witch. Which I can't help but say Jewelry Witch like that in that disgusting voice. It just feels so magical. The jewelry witch. Uh, Over on her Instagram, she also does live streams sometimes where she shows off the the pieces that she has in a beautiful little setup and you get to say, hey, I want to see that. It's it's like um, a much cooler version of QVC. Absolutely. That's what I was thinking too. Like she was like showing off everything. I was like, this is like QVC, but not bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. With actual good, good stuff that you're interested in and, you know, by people that you know and actually like and get to talk with and chat in the comments. Yeah. It's a good time. (laughs) 
Again, check out that 20% off now through August 23rd with the promo code LEOWITCH. Look at me in the face somehow. Pick pick one of the frames on our computer screens. Either it's the camera or it's your own face or my oh, face. Pick shit. one and look it in the eyes and listen to me when I ask you, how's your mental health? Well, Mace, I can't lie. There's some times that I need to talk about things. Things like depression. Stress. Anxiety. Relationships. Sleeping. Trauma. Anger. Family conflicts. LGBT plus matters. Grief. Self-esteem. And more. More. (laughs) Well, let me tell you something, Charlie. There is a space Mm. online, a safe, private place online to where you can talk to a licensed counselor about any or all of those things from the privacy and safety. Did I mention safety of your own home and not a terrible, terrible waiting room? Sounds like it's going to be terribly expensive, more expensive than my traditional counseling. Is that true? Actually, Charlie, it's more affordable than traditional counseling and financial aid is available to those who qualify. To make things even better, you can get going in less than 24 hours. You can hop on there, take the questionnaire, and be chatting, emailing, talking on the phone, however you prefer, with a licensed counselor near you. Or maybe not near you. It's a worldwide service. Well, that sounds wonderful, but I only want to sign up with a place that has thousands and thousands and thousands of therapists to choose from because you know what? I might not like who I get paired with immediately and I might want to change. There's no way a service could have that many therapists. Let me tell you something. BetterHelp does. And the thing is, is that if you get your counselor and you just don't like them, you're just not a fan. You don't feel like you jive. You don't feel like you're clicking. All you got to do is change to a different one. It's not a big deal. Nobody makes a big deal about it. And you get on chatting with your new counselor. Like it ain't no thing. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm on board. But can I choose when I want to schedule my video or phone session? You certainly can, Charlie. It is entirely up to you. You can do weekly. You can do chats. You can do phone calls. You can do the messenger every day, maybe, or just every few days. If you kind of just like to touch base here and there, it's entirely up to you. However you want it to be. It really sounds like BetterHelp is there for me. I wish that there was a way that I could get a 10% off discount of my first month just because I listened to WBAH podcast. Well, let me tell you something, Charlie. You are in luck, my friend. I am serving up to you a 10% off code. Here it is. It is BetterHelp. That is help, H-E-L-P dot com slash witch for 10% off of your first month of BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash witch to fill out your questionnaire and get started a today. I'm going to talk to you about Hawthorne. Now listen to me. I will probably fuck this up and say Hemlock. I don't mean Hemlock, but I have all day, like when I was typing my notes, I would just say Hemlock, which is not good because Hawthorne is edible for the most part. Hemlock is not It will kill you. So just, if I Mm. say hemlock, I don't mean it. Macy's like, you can make a whole meal out of hemlock. It's a WBAH promise. (laughs) So, here we go. Jumping on in. 
the name, like the, the Latin name, Critagus, commonly called, I have a lot of names for you. You ready? I have, I have many much names for, mm. for Hawthorne. We have also known as Quickthorn, Thornapple, Maytree, Whitethorn, Holy Innocence, May, or Hawberry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know. It is a genus of several hundred species of shrubs and trees in the family Rosaceae, native to temperate regions of the Northern Hemisphere in Europe, Asia, North Africa, and North America. It is all over the place. Like, everywhere has its own breed of hawthorn hawthorn tree. So, the original name, like, hawthorn, uh, it, it was given to a species in Northern Europe. It's common hawthorn, or C. monogyna. Mm. The unmodified name is pretty often used in Ireland and Britain. Hmm. Hawthorn is a shrubby bush tree. Some are shrubs, some are trees, but even the trees aren't particularly tall. They're very gnarled, twisted, low-hanging, like, stumpy trees. And they grow to about 15 to 50 feet. 50 feet, like, if they have room to grow by themselves, like, all out in the open with room to stretch. Like, that's under the good, like, good conditions. True to their name, they are thorny bastards, man. Like, they, they are just thorny. If you couldn't tell that by all the thorn names, too, that I listed off, it's just like they just stick it at the end of all of these words. So the little berries, which are often used in spell work, I, I have some hawthorn berries that I got from Hearth Wisdom. They grow all over the tree, and they are often called haws, H-A-W-S, like yeehaws, but like the haws of the tree. <laughs> and they are also called pixie pears, which I think is so cute. I can't even handle it. Cute, isn't that cute? Oh, uh, we'll cute. get into the, we'll get into why that is here in a little bit. So thorny as they are, hawthorns provide food and shelter for all kinds of animals and birds. They're very important to the ecosystems that they are in. And, like, their flower is important to nectar-feeding insects. The berries are eaten by birds and small mammals. Birds nest in protection of the thorned trees. Like, they're very important to the ecosystem, and they, they help a lot. Hawthorns are also used as food by a large number of, like, moths, from what I could tell. And as well as they're important to wildlife in the winter. Uh, you have waxwings and thrushes who eat the seeds, or the haws, if you will, and disperse in their droppings the next generation of hawthorn trees. Some of my favorite plants that have come up in my yard has been through bird shit. It's given me my uh, sunflowers that are growing, as well as a mulberry tree, so thank you, birds. You just get fun little surprises Beautiful. from bird shit. <laughs> so depending on the species, I will say that again, just... Y'all, there's a, a bunch of them, and not all of them are just super safe. So depending on the species, some haws and leaves are edible. Uh, the haws can even be made into jams and jellies. And the leaves are still, like, you know, when they're new and green and soft, like, you can eat them in salads. And they're supposed to have a nutty flavor. So I know we have some some English, some English folks, and y'all are going to have to confirm this to me because I love it, and I want it to be real... But I saw multiple times that the young leaves and the flower beds, which are edible on these trees, are called bread and cheese in rural England. Excuse me? Yeah. Bread and cheese? That's the nuts and the sticks? Uh, well, no, the, the young leaves and the flower buds. Oh, why did I say nuts and sticks? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. 
on Manitoulin Island, apparently in Ontario, there are uh, some red-fruited species of hawthorn tree uh, to where during the pioneer days, settlers would eat these the fruit from these trees. It's one of the last things in wintertime that you can have as a food source a lot of the time, which is why they're so important to birds and mammals and whatnot. People born now on that island are called haw eaters. So that's another thing I need Canadians to to confirm. Whoa. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so it really seems like no matter kind of the part of the world that you're at, you have a, a breed of Hawthorne. We have Mexico, Canada, Iran, China, Europe, um, Iran, not Iran. And you said it's <laughs> super Southern, too. <laughs> yeah. Iran. <laughs> Hawthorns have been kind of integrated in a lot of different cultures and whatnot. Uh, and interestingly enough, several of them kind of in the same way, which I always love. So you can also get bonsai hawthorn trees, and they are so cute. They're so cute. And I think a bonsai is cute anyway, mm-hmm. but they're real cute. They make little flowers mm-hmm. and they're just cute. So there have been some studies come out that really kind of point to the fact that a hawthorn could be really beneficial in regards to treating heart conditions. Uh, There was a 2008 study uh, that said that there seemed to be a significant benefit in symptom control and physiologic outcomes, end quote, for the extract of hawthorn uh, used in treating chronic heart failure. In a separate review, uh, it found that hawthorn could have maybe significant potential in treating cardiovascular disease. Now, of course, like a lot of these things, there needs to be more studies to determine, okay, well, like dosing and different pairings that could maybe work better using different compounds, things like that. However, there's some promising evidence out there that shows that it could have a place in treatment of heart disease, which is interesting because that is how it was used. So I do want to say, and I want to point out that despite all of that, It can, a side effect um, of Hawthorne, if there's perhaps too much or an allergy or things like that, you can, it can cause cardiac arrhythmia and perhaps, perhaps like low blood pressure. So like, don't just go like drinking a Hawthorne tea or some shit every day. Like this is medical shit. They're getting, you know, there's doctors doing this. Uh, Milder side effects. Don't go eat a whole Hawthorne tree. (laughs) Like, don't do it. They're working on it, but that's not to say that it will just cure you as is. It could maybe make you very sick. So I, I saw something else that said patients taking digoxin should avoid taking Hawthorne. I don't know what digoxin is, but do with that what you will. So hmm. in traditional Chinese medicine, as well as in uh, old Japanese medicine, Hawthorne berries were used as a digestive aid as well. And uh, the berries themselves, or haws, if you will, contain tannins, flavonoids, oligometric proanthocyanidines, and phenolic acids. Hmm. So there, there you go. Along with that, in a very practical use, the wood of hawthorn is very strong. And some species are resilient to rot, <laughs> which has made it very... Um, very prized for tool handles, fences, things like that that take on wear and tear or the elements. And due to being a stumpy, thorny boy, it is commonly used as a hedge or perimeter tree. 
because it's not easy to pass through at all. Like once they get thick and they're full of thorns, they're mm. almost impenetrable, but they're very pretty. Let's get into the metaphysical. So it is like all about heart, heart stuff, all the heart stuff. It's super big about the heart stuff. Hmm. Um, both like literally as I, you know, talked about with the studies, but metaphysically big time. So work with Hawthorne. It can help someone. Metaphysically big time? Big time. Bigly. It can help one trying to open up and receive love as well as give it. So it's a very sel- it's a very stout tree. It's sure of itself. It's very protected. However, it gives, you know, in the ecosystem that it's in, it gives a lot. It gives fruit when there's nothing else to eat. It gives shelter to thrushes and all of these different birds. It, it, it gives a lot. However, it's the still protected kind of, look, I have thorns, like I'll give to you, but you're going to have to kind of, ooh, you, you know, you're going to respect me at the same time. And it's energy really goes with that. Uh, very much like sea glass. It's very literal to me and what it does. Like if you just think about it, you're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. You know, if the hawthorn tree doesn't feel good about itself, honestly, like if it's not doing well, it's not taking care of itself, it's not going to be able to share the bounty that it has, the goodness that it has, the protection that it has. Uh, and I believe, you know, there's something to that. I, I don't know if I've said it on here before, but it's something that I think is very important that before you try to chase love in another, you know, like find love elsewhere, anything like that, you need to figure out how to love yourself first. And I think that's really important. And it just helps to bring some stability. It helps you understand at that point what it is you are looking for and what it is that you need. And Hawthorne, the energy that comes with it is good for that. Hmm. You know, you can just kind of think about, you know, like without the berries, Hawthorne is a, just a tree of fucking thorns, right? And how, but you need those thorns, right? Because it's the thorns that are able for the tree to give without being stripped. Those thorns are how there can be berries that last longer into the winter. It's not just to where it's ravaged, stripped, left bare too early. So it gives to all of the things in the forest, but at the same time, it makes them respect it in its own way. So to me, that speaks very much to finding balance in love in a way. You know, you cannot give everything you've got, but you also can't be behind a wall either. There's a middle ground of energy that can help yield a lot of stability and Hawthorne really embodies that a lot. It's giving everything that it's got, but it also is putting a hand out that's being like, this is me too. Like, this is my body. This is what I do. You're not going to just take everything I you want, you fucking birds. Like, you're going to take your time with it. And I just really appreciate that. <laughs> it's like that thing that people say, you can't pour, excuse me, you can't pour from an empty cup or, you know, you cannot help to refill other people's cups if you yourself are empty. You put the oxygen mask on yourself first, right? I feel like yeah, that kind exactly. of energy coming from And that's what it is. You know, it takes care of so many things. However, it's very important that it has to take care of itself too. When working on self-love, it's very important to understand that loving yourself is an excellent form of protection. It makes you set your sights higher. It makes you make better decisions. It really yields to a lot of protection because when you feel that you're worth more and you love yourself more, therefore feel that you are 
worthy, you'll be less likely to cast your pearls before swine. <laughs> and when you protect yourself, you will be able to give without being stripped. And perhaps that protection of self-love, understanding your worth and your value will make it so that you can sniff out when someone is just trying to take everything you've got and not give. And that's important. You know, you we've all found ourselves in situations I have for longer than I would like to admit. However, it gets to the point to where it doesn't matter when you do it, preferably sooner than later, but you can't always control that. As long as you can sniff out what's going on and realize that this is not right and this is not good for you, that's good enough. You know, like, and I think that that's where Hawthorne can shine. You know, perhaps maybe you're feeling that way or you jump into cycle after cycle of, perhaps codependence, instead of first relying on yourself, trusting yourself, things like that. Instead, you put your faith and your trust in others in this codependence, when that can really backfire severely in many, many ways. So perhaps if that's something you're aware of, that's a cyclical behavior that you fall into, work with Hawthorne and work on setting those boundaries because it is a major, it's about boundaries at the end of the day. You can give so much to people, but it is so important to set boundaries because if you don't, people will take everything you have. And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be love. It could be trust. It could be generosity, anything. It doesn't matter. Everything needs boundaries because there are bad people out there that just love to take. Very It can be really scary if you don't like trust yourself. But again, it's it, it's just it's so important to be able to trust yourself and make others earn your trust instead of giving your trust and assuming that they won't fuck you over like as cynical as it may be i i you know it or i let me rephrase as cynical as it may sound i feel like it sounds cynical when it's like oh well everybody has to earn your trust everybody it's it shouldn't be to me it's a matter of self-worth if you want to earn if you want my trust you have to earn it I'm not going to give it to you. To me, trust is such a gift and it is such a rare thing to be able to share with someone and not just like mild trust. I mean, like full wholehearted trust. It's like, you're going to have to earn that for me because I am going to be skeptical of you. And I'm not ashamed of that because I do feel that I'm worthy. And I don't want you muddying all of that up until you prove to me that I could share with you. And... I, it's, it's, it's like maybe harsh as it is. I think it's a good practice. I really do. I think that understanding the value of your trust is something good to do. I think it will make you look around at people that you have in your life that might be takers or might be repeat users or anything like that. Oftentimes your gut is right. And I think that, you know, a lot of that can come from just being careful with who you share your trust with, being careful with who you share your time with, who you share Mm -hmm. yourself with. And, you know, when you kind of set up with those one boundaries, again, I'll say it again, I'll say it all day long, boundaries. Once you set those up, things like that. I think that overall, it can just help you, especially for empathic people or people who don't know how or don't like to use to me one of the most beautiful words of all time no if you have an issue with that oh oh yeah i love no i think no is a great word i think it's a word (laughs) that um i will say one i think women are taught not to say 
mm-hmm. for certain. I think yeah. it's a word growing up. Uh, you're not supposed to just, you're not supposed to say no. You're, they're supposed to politely refuse whatever or do something, but like, you know, no, sometimes you just need to fucking say no about anything. It could, it could apply to anything. If you just say no. And once you get into the habit of saying no, it's great. It really is. You just don't take. But Macy, what about the Jim Carrey masterpiece that was Yes Man? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, classic. What a great life. You learned some shit. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, Hawthorne is is, here to tell you that you got to say no sometimes. Maybe not all the time, but especially, again, Boundaries. If you have someone that you know at your core is just using you and that's all they ever do, say no. Start saying it. Put the stiff arm out. Put the thorns out. It's not saying that you're being an asshole. You Mm -hmm. still have fruit to give. But put the fucking thorns out every now and again and be like, you know what? Piss off. You've eaten enough of my fruit today. Come back later. Go away. (laughs) And that's all you have to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So... Back to matters of the heart of love. So taking a bath with Hawthorne berries, I saw it can be a very good way to heal heartbreak, uh, which I just feel like it would just seep into your body. Taking baths in anything, I just feel like is a great way to absorb shit and just all the magic from all things. Stew your body in it. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll go further to say, you know, it can help in opening a heart, uh, but opening it carefully. Carefully, It's not like the bath with patchouli when you take that when you're looking to go get some strange. Like, no, Hawthorne is a way to open your heart. Perhaps you're ready for love again, but you were really fucked up the last time with just like someone taking advantage of you or things like that, or you rush into things every other time and you don't want to do that this time, take a bath in Hawthorne and it can open your heart, but make you open your heart in a more careful way, that more thorn but fruit way. You yield, but you also kind of push away. And I think in the beginning that can be really important and it can help you sniff out what's right for you. And it can also help keep you safe because it's it's a scary world out there. So furthermore, Hawthorne has a pretty big place in protection and protection work. The trees are often a barrier tree just in general. And so that really kind of goes uh, with the, the magical uses, but they are also considered to be a burial of the physical and metaphysical world. And I'll get to that in a moment. So protection of the heart, whether it be from heartache or if you, oh yeah, here we go again. If you don't like to say no because it makes you feel guilty. If you, you know, experience guilt for not giving everything that you've got, you feel like that shouldn't be what you do and saying no makes you a failure. It's good to have for that. And setting that feeling of the heart of, no, this isn't guilt. This is self-care at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. it can it can help with that. Mm-hmm. So it is extremely tied to the fae, to fairies big time. It is the fairy tree and fairies live under, around, and in Hawthorne as its guardians. It's very, you don't fuck with Hawthorne. (laughs) This tree was treated with huge respect back in the day uh, and still is. Honestly, the superstitions run very deep. 
And if one like was running a fence or a property line, anything, you go around it. You don't cut that tree down. You don't mess with it. <laughs> you leave it alone. Yeah. In fact, cutting it down was like serious fucking business. Like it wasn't looked at lightly. It was looked at with extreme fear, extreme superstition. People would even, they would tie things to the branches of the hawthorn trees, such as like little pretty ribbons or trinkets or pieces of cloth, things like that as offerings to appease the fairies. Hmm. However, politely collecting hawthorn sprigs and flowers it, it was allowed now and again, of course, you were supposed to ask, offer the respect, give something to the Fae to appease them. And uh, it was especially used, though, for brides who uh, would wear the blossoms in their hair or bouquets to symbolize the union of love. Because, again, it is very tied to the heart. The rules were a little bit more lenient on Beltane, which kind of also goes with the bride thing. A lot of weddings and ceremonies, things like that happened on Beltane. And it's a day that Hawthorne is super tied to, big time tied to, too. So it blooms around the time of Beltane or May Day. As I saw now, it said, like, you might notice that, you know, it happens a little earlier with, like, our May 1st calendar. But to, like, the Ogham calendar, it was May 13th, I believe. And so it kind of was a bit more right at the bloom then. But, like, sometimes, like, our Beltane of May 1st or the, the now calendar date of Beltane is a little early. But it blooms around Beltane. On that day of Beltane, it was allowed to, because typically, and I think I mentioned this before on the Beltane episode, it was bad luck to bring Hawthorne into the house. You're not supposed to cut Hawthorne and bring it into the house. However, on Beltane... That's right. The exception could be made. And it was good luck to do that uh, compared to the bad luck of doing it any other day. And I think it makes sense. Because huh. Beltane, so. to me, is kind of a day when the line between our world and the Fae folk happens. Like, I, you feel like you have Samhain, which is like our world and the spirit world. But to me, Beltane is just a day of that line kind of blends. And it always feels like that to me. So I like to all day, I'll just like pull up a chair and make a fire and sit outside. That's what I did this year. And I'm going to do it every year. I have nothing yeah. with me, no book, nothing. And I just sit outside and talk to everyone. And it is so busy. And it just feels like that line blurs so much on that day they say that uh for children because you know the the going amaying is heavy on beltane but for children conceived on beltane or during beltane are typically born around in uh in bold times and they are blessed with the gift of seeing the fae right that would make sense hey interesting so Hawthorne wands are quite popular especially if you do work with commanding darker entities or if you work with darker entities uh, it has that ability to kind of have that strength to it um authority almost so the thorns can also be used in magic uh, you can use them in spell jars which i've seen done before which is really cool uh, you can use them in spells and bind them up or things like that whatever feels right to you i know spell work for oh. me changes all the time sometimes i tie things up and bury them sometimes mm -hmm. i put a bunch of shit in a jar and it's just whatever i feel like doing and so you can use that and they just add the essence of the plant or of the tree and uh as well as add to the protection work because it's a thorn you know it says everything you need to yeah. know. Yeah. I love or using thorns. Thorn. Uh, yeah, I know. Like, And I see, I've seen some people in the coven even, I think you shark teeth, which is so cool. 
I just can't Whoa. even handle it. If you're like a sea witch. Yeah, man. Damn. So keep in mind that if you are going to, if you have hawthorn trees that grow near you and you want to take something from them, always pay an offering or pay your respects, I should say. You don't just go walking into somebody's house and take their shit. It is long tied to the lore that the fairies live in these trees. They are the guardians of these trees. It's something that they take very seriously and they don't just take lightly to you walking up with a pair of garden shears and cutting shit off of their ward. Pay your respects. I just want to say that. You really don't want to disrespect this tree. They did not fuck around. There are some seriously horrible stories of people who fucked with Hawthorne, like old lore stories written like way back in like medieval era. Horrible stories. Just don't fucking do it. Just the fairies will come for you. <laughs> They'll get you. There was like one story of a farmer who cut down like a big hawthorn tree on a hill, which you're not supposed to do because a big hawthorn tree on a hill is a portal, apparently, to the fairy world. And oh, uh, says it is also... Pagans. Yeah, exactly. I thought the same thing. And it is also a place where uh, the carrying of mortals back and forth can come. So, you know, like if you've been taken, where in seven years you can just be dropped back off into our world or whatever. It's it's a place where that transference of people mm. who are taken can happen. Uh, but this guy cut down this big old hawthorn tree and he just cut it down. And basically they made his son sick, killed his son. The whole farm went into complete disarray. And then pretty much they just danced in the ashes of this destroyed farm. So... Don't be an asshole. If you're going to take something from a Hawthorne tree, act like you're walking into someone's house and taking it. Pay your fucking respects. And I say respect. That is very important when working with the Fae. You don't want to just like bend over backwards and take it. You know, just mutual respect. Very important with the Fae. You don't go be like, oh, I'll, you know, I owe you. No, 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 no. It's respect. Give it, take it, move on. That's some eye for an eye shit. It's just, and that's what I've come to learn. You know, I I work with them a lot. I know that things are much more peaceful when it's not like a, oh, I, 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 you know, I just be, it's like, no, no, no. It's a mutual respect thing. It's like, look, y'all get to be safe and you're here because I take care of these woods and I make sure nothing happens to you. Okay. Like you live here because I live here. You understand me. But also I live here. So basically you you walk in. You owe me. It's I'm the captain. (laughs) No, I don't do that. You never want to be in debt to the Fae. That's not how you want to be. That's not how things need to go. You need to be very careful. Just respect. That's the word I go back to every time. Don't just be their slaves. That's the moral. Don't be a slave to the fairies. (laughs) So according to the Oakham calendar, Hawthorne, uh, the month of Hawthorne, or Hawthorne rules from May 13th to the 9th of June, And during that time, it's good to work on caution. However, you can do relaxation, protection, happiness. It is a very happy energy. It's a very sure energy. And um, things of that fertility, of course. I mean, it's Beltane time. That was from ecoenchantments.co.uk. That's just a tiny taste of Hawthorne and the lore around it. It is so deep. And that is just more of like the European lore. It goes all over the world. There's so many cool things that you can do with it. Uh, so there you go. I, I was really intrigued with it, which, of course, I'm always intrigued with all things the Fae. I, I just, I don't know. It really caught me up. I liked it. Yeehaw. 
I just feel like someone, oh, I, I didn't explain huh. it well. And I know someone's going to listen to my part about the Fae and think I'm, I'm an idiot. <laughs> They're going to take you literally. I think you walk out there every yeah. night and you're like, listen here. I could burn <laughs> these woods down, you fuckers. <laughs> far, far from it, I assume, is the reality. Uh, yes. Well, that was interesting as shit. Do you have any Hawthorns or uh, yeehaws, as I will always call them? Yeah, don't. I don't. I don't think I do. No, I, I wish I did. I, they're really, they're really fucking cool. And uh, you said you said something earlier about needing the the Brits to come in and confirm about the the bread and cheese. Mm-hmm. Was it? Mm-hmm. Um, that reminded me of the the last episode when we were talking about the root beer or the burdock and um, oh whatever else it was the soda burdock and something mm-hmm. that's supposed to be like root beer. We had uh, several people pop off and say that it is it is indeed delicious. So I, I, I feel like they will once again answer some questions that we have. <laughs> Great, yes. Please instruct us on if bread and cheese is a word for the leaves and flowers because I love that. Also, I could go for some bread and cheese. Bread and cheese, though. We have an exciting thing to share with you. This episode's full of exciting things that we're sharing with you. We're exciting people. This is an exciting podcast. Here we go. It is no secret that (laughs) this pandemic has made a significant impact on people who uh, rely on things like trade shows, conventions, ren fairs, etc. to win their bread. They're bread and cheese. Hmm. So a couple of the beans have come up with Bazaar of the Beans. Oh. A digital bazaar of witchy things. Isn't that cute? Bazaar of the Beans. A digital bazaar of witchy things that will appeal to other beans, other witches. It's really just a buy beans for beans type of vibe. Not only is this something that is coming up shortly, but they're also looking for vendors. So everybody perk your ears up. Sit down, sit down, kids. Uh, we, we've got a who, what, when, where situation coming at you, okay? And these details are subject to change and all that. So if you're interested, keep your eyes peeled. Okay. The who, a handful of some of the wonderful beans over on our Facebook coven. Join us. Come eat with us at which amateur hour. Uh, what? Bizarre the beans. Duh. Pay attention. When? Sunday. September 20th, 2020. This is from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. That is Eastern Standard. Where? It's going to be on Zoom. The link will be announced the day of the event. So keep your eyes peeled back even further than you had them already. How? If you are interested in being a vendor, we highly recommend that, by the way, uh, then here is what you need to know. There is a 40 vendor limit. So act with haste. Spots are $10 for up to 10 minutes of airtime via Zoom. All of the proceeds from that, by the way, are going to be going to charity. More info on that in a bit. Applications are first come, first serve. The schedule will be announced once all of the vendors have been confirmed. And if you would like to apply, please send the following information to bazaarofbeans at gmail.com. They need your vendor name your contact name, your email, your website, 
And if you have any other socials that you would like to add in, such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, add that as well. Also, let them know if you would prefer to be in the first or the second half of the bazaar, uh, or if you have no preference on that. Get all of this info to bazaarofbeans at gmail.com by Tuesday, September 8th, 2020. Again, all of the vendor fees will be going to charity. They have decided to work with the Gary Sinise Foundation and their new dedicated campaign to combat COVID-19 by helping provide the pandemic's first responders as well as healthcare workers with things like PPE, disinfecting equipment, and meals. Vendor applications as well as general inquiries can be sent to, once again, that's bizarre of beans at gmail.com. B-A-Z-A-A-R-O-F-B-E-A-N-S at gmail.com. There it is. That's B as in butthole. Oh. <laughs> Listen to me. I have I'm 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 so oh. I'm just gonna slip and slide my sticky way right into this review footage. Are you ready for it? Ew. Yeah. Ew, ew, but a slip inside with be. I mean, review footage. This this review is titled Ditto, and it was sent in by Vixen Valkyrie, which Mm. I love that name. Whoa. This podcast found me when I needed it. Just starting to define my spiritual journey. You two confirmed so much of what I already felt. So funny and insightful. The nerdy references just add how relatable you are. I feel like so many other reviewers do. Like I found sisters. Aww. We're just a big group of friends. We're a friendly group. I don't... I don't know. <laughs> do you ever just feel the need to, re- like, live your life through song like that? Oh, all the time. I do You're it all the time. You're just gonna sing about what's happening? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good to know. I feel better. And if you want to feel better, you can you can send us an email at wbahpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Look, if you'd it. like to support the podcast, we have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash wbahpodcast. Macy, how can I get one of those cool ass wicked lit fam butthole advertisements with the Witch Bitch Amateur Hour. Where you can go? get one of those grade A butthole advertisements at advertisecast.com slash the Witch Bitch Amateur Hour. Great endorsement for our... For mm-hmm. us. <laughs> We're told we they're quite know effective. know how to sell it, man. <laughs> uh, we have an Instagram at Witch Bitch Amateur Hour. A Twitter where we... T- where we tweet question mark at bitch hour i love how the dog barked and just kind of yeah did you hear gizzy added a little punctuation to that Mm -hmm. it was right on time come meet with us over on facebook at witch amateur hour Mm -hmm. Uh, oh i guess we have a teespring we have merch i forgot about the merch i guess we have a teespring (laughs) that's how everyone We do, and we actually, you guys, if you have also forgotten about the merch, uh, for one, don't. Uh, for second, we have some really cool, um, 
We have some really cool designs coming up. So please, of course, we will let you know when they are live. Uh, but check it out. We also have a Witch Bitch branded face mask. <laughs> if you are in need of a cloth face mask. Uh, a sauce box. Sauce box. She's at P.O. Box 865. Canton, Texas. 75103. Stuck in a wall at the post office. Having a little bit of an existential panic about the fact that she can't move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of pity her in that way. I mean, no wonder know. she used to be a little bit eh. Yeah, wound up tight. It's just because she's a P.O. box. Yeah. That's her existence. She has to like, yeah, it's like the little robot that was on Rick and Morty that passed butter. And oh, that's all he did. Yeah. He's it what? freaked it's him out. Purpose. Yeah, yeah, that's what she is. Mm. She's like, oh my god. <laughs> you have to pee right now, don't you? Oh yeah, can you tell? You see me moving everywhere. I can tell you. I can tell your uh, your gyrating body is just screaming, I need to urinate. <laughs> I have to urinate. Please, as soon as you can, could you take me to urinate? Gross. That's what your body's saying. Mm. Well, gross. Ew, what a gross way to end an episode. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's us. It's to be expected. Look, if you guys have made it this far, if you're still hearing our voices, you you know what to expect. It's your fault. Have, did, have you ever expected more? <laughs> we'll tie back in to that first episode where we made 25 minutes <laughs> of excuses of why <laughs> it's your fault if you don't like us. a bead off my pants. It just came right off. <laughs>